Welcome to Counter Programmers. We're talking about the uh, television show Gangs of London. Today we're talking episode four or episode three, depending on whether you're watching it on Amazon or Sky. You're Antifa. Yeah. <laughs> so we open Kurdish, uh, yeah, Kurdish Turkey, 2014. So. This is the uh, point when the Kurds are fighting ISIS in Iraq and Syria. And I think it's sort of establishing that Lale is part of that, like like the YKK or the PKK uh, mm-hmm. Turkish militias. It's not made explicitly clear, but she's passed out on the back of a technical and there's a bunch of uh, soldiers around her. She wakes up. She guns a ton of people. Runs into a building. She's pretty she badass. Kills like twenty-five more people. It's like a James Bond scene. Uh, Which this was directed by Corin uh, uh, Hardy too, right? It was, but again, it sounds like all the second unit action stuff was done oh, by right. Evans. Right. Uh, so it's like a James Bondy no, type no scene. Myself, go fuck myself. Uh, don't fuck yourself (laughs) Uh, uh, she finds her husband on like a metal table that has been like hooked up to a fire like a gas grill or something I didn't quite understand how it works but she's never been to a Delaware barbecue yeah it kind of is like a a giant grill Like, her husband's on yeah, a grill. It, it reminded uh, me of a part in Red Dead Redemption 2, which, Paco, you should totally finish. But there's a part where your, one of your companions is taken and put on something similar, and it is gruesome. And this this show, like this episode, it is gruesome. Because she try he's, like, locked to the, like, grill cage thing. Mm-hmm. And then she, like, burns herself trying to get him out. And he's, like literally like a body like he's a corpse at that point just getting roasted yeah. it was like super disturbing super disturbing like sizzling with loud music playing which uh, they also break the boombox to prove that it's diegetic as well mm-hmm. so it's just like it's it's just powerful stuff like that was a really tough scene to watch um yeah it's it's something and i got to say like the kurds have been like incredible in terms of the fight against authoritarianism in the Middle East. And like Lale sort of gives me shades of like Rojava, which is, was like an incredible autonomous zone in Syria that the Kurds set up that was mm. uh, based around a lot of ideals of egalitarianism and women were treated equally as men. And there were tons of women soldiers, uh, and uh, it basically had to be evacuated last year. Uh, but 
Lale gives me kind of that vibe of being one of those badass woman soldiers, uh, which already gets me on her side because, you know, I might be going out on a controversial limb here, but uh, ISIS and the the Syrian the Bashar al-Assad guy, neither of them are very cool. Like, fuck those mm-hmm. guys. I yeah. That's probably the most controversial thing I've said on either podcast we do. You should give your social security number. Yeah. Uh, it is 555-55-5555. You have this Canadian trying to, like, make a loan in your social security. <laughs> uh, man, I watched Coneheads last night. How was that? I haven't seen that in forever. It's fucking crazy. It's a movie about illegal immigrants just trying to get by in America and the fucking ice won't let him go and is trying to deport him. It's it's insane. And then it's it's a bonkers movie. Uh, Isn't Chris Tucker or not Chris Tucker, Chris Farley as like Chris Farley's like the jock guy. He's like a fuck up mechanic who I don't know if you could be a mechanic and be in high school, but uh, he's dating their high oh. school daughter, which is like another weird element of it. Hey, it's Romeo and Juliet law. So if you look up the law, it actually means, and I have a printed version of it. Hold on. Yeah. That was an in joke for our Transformer 4 fans. God, thank God for, hey, Mom, Ray for letting us uh, all know that uh, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet laws are a thing. <laughs> I just. I wish that I had lived my previous 30 some years, like not knowing what the fuck that was, but good to know. Yeah. I didn't know until, uh, Transformers 4 and all. Like I look forward. I I really just want to get on a table and defend someone one day using that. Whether it's me, whether it's you, whether it's a random Leonardo DiCaprio, Epstein. Yeah. So, uh, I think this is my favorite episode so far of the show like me too hands down up. um mm-hmm. let's see who do we want to start talking through their uh, story well do you want to go with do you think lale or do you think lale would be more complicated to talk about uh or do you want to go with sean do you want to go in the order last time if we can remember the order uh sean elliot Billy. i guess sean we can yeah, let's just go with Lale. I don't think we really need to go with Billy, but we should have Ed. So Lale is sort of hanging out with her sister and the sister's two kids, which, like, whenever you see kids in anything crime-related, you're like, oh, that's bad news. Especially when they're, like, well, plus they're like playing. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like, they're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and they're, like, running through their whole kind of... Smuggling uh, complex, ring. you know, with yeah. people, yeah, like smuggling ring, and and but it also it's again it it shows the grit of like every time shows or like media shows people that are packing drugs and doing things like that is like mm-hmm. oh they're either you know stupid or they're immigrants or they're you know like they're all sorts of like st- sort of stupid archetypes, mm-hmm. and here they're just like oh these are normal people like doing. It's not that it's a normal thing, but it's just kind of like it shows the compassion that the storytellers have for the people that they're telling these stories about. Yeah. And it just reaffirms like how good the show is that they would treat 
a little scene like that with the complexity that like Breaking Bad would do and The Wire would do. Um, because it just shows all of those characters and the relationship that would play out later in the episode. Yeah, it, it grounds it uh, and gives it some nuance. I do want to say that uh, while I'm assuming Lala is Kurdish, it's established that she and her gang are the Albanians. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if Albania has a Kurdish population. I'm just assuming. But uh, I'm really like, for speaking for me, kind of ignorant, or I don't know a lot about that, so I I really don't know much other than what the show is telling me. So I apologize too. I'm, I don't know. Well, hopefully, I don't know shit. Yeah, we're Americans. I don't even know where Delaware is on a map. I think I've got that. I think it's more of a township. It's Isn't it? it's like pretty small. It's like yeah. one of the smallest states, and it sucks. I've been there. It's like Jersey Shore if it was a state, but with more bankers. Weird. Yeah, it sucks. That's, that sounds like, that sounds awful. It's like all the people too shitty for Philly go to Delaware. Um, hmm. Anyway. Shitty for Philly would be a good uh, show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just all the times that you've had diarrhea. Like we just interview guests who have had diarrhea in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> so what were you doing it's like contact tracing i mean it's a town famous for cheesesteak sandwiches like the diarrhea there must be off the charts or they're like two competing restaurants too who are like across the street from each other and it would be like each episode would be like a match between like which one gave you the d yeah dude (laughs) i'd watch it I would totally watch it. I'd participate. I'd write myself in. Yeah. I'm sending my demo reel. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Yeah. We're having fun. <laughs> so Lale, uh, it's trying to get money back to Turkey to keep up the fight. So that's why she stole the heroin and... Now that she's got all the money, she's working on trying to find a way to get it back without Sean or the other Wallaces uh, knowing about it because they're supposed to be completely shut down. And it gets a little complicated because the uh, courier they hire, there's like an altercation next to a, a carousel and she stabs the shit out of somebody like right by a bunch of kids like mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that none of them see it um and then as they're loading the pallets of cash onto a plane she gets a call from her sister that the sister and the kids are being uh held hostage by this crazy ass hitman and in, in like they really framed Lale in an interesting way because at this point you've seen her in like three scenes mm-hmm. and it's almost like she's a warrior like she's kind of a badass and so by like the assumption by the courier who is like oh you don't have Finn's protection so what the fuck are you gonna do mm-hmm. she like <laughs> she hella killed the shit out of yeah, them dude. you know like it really established her as like no she doesn't need Finn's for you know Mm-hmm. Finn needed protection from her, 
or something like it just was like really cool that like i really respect her in a way that's different than the other characters it's kind of like drawing out the yeah Yeah, she's such a badass and she has these deeper passions and beliefs that are why she's doing this uh and i respect that Mm -hmm. and uh we see how hard of a struggle that is for her in this episode she has to make like devastating personal choices. Like some of it's easy. She wants revenge on Asif because he's responsible for her husband getting killed at the start of the episode. Um, but a lot of it is doesn't she, doesn't she blame all of the Pakistanis too? Yeah, which I think is related to like the gang thing because well, otherwise yeah. we don't have a lot of enough information on why a bunch of uh, Albanians and Pakistanis are running around in Turkish, like Kurdish Turkey. Mm. So I'm a little confused there, but basically it's a war zone and she's trying to help what she views as her people. And she's willing to make like basically the ultimate sacrifice and give up her sister and her two nieces to help people who need like food and other things that she said the money's going towards and then man doing it by character in a show like this is fucking hard yeah, because it's, it's so interlocking it's kind of tough yeah because uh, like you have to fill in the blanks somehow you know what i mean and it's hard to just talk about what we like about the show without like giving the context because there's so fucking much and like the context yeah. helps us talk about stuff obviously cutting this out but Talking like a serialized TV show is a new struggle. But yeah, I get you. There's a lot of like interpersonal relationship things and consequences, like each building off of each other. Yeah. It's, it's like Magnolia, but not really at all like Magnolia. <laughs> I haven't seen a single frog. Not yet. Yeah, that's true. Please, God, let there be frogs. Meanwhile... Elliot is uh, driving Billy somewhere and Billy's like, so what are you doing today? And he's like, Oh, I'm picking up some guy named Cole. And Billy's like, Oh God, uh, like don't, don't fuck with that guy. Uh, he was like, nice knowing you. Yeah. Elliot's like, wait, what? And again, he's like the most realistic character. Cause he's just like, wait, what the fuck? What are you talking about? And then Billy like gets out and pieces out. Mm-hmm. And, that, uh, and that he thinks that Sean has lost his mind. Yeah. And Cole comes into the car. The actor is basically uh, Joaquin Phoenix in You Were Never Really Here. If Joaquin Phoenix's character was the exact opposite uh, and willing to kill children to protect the elite. Um, but he's got the, the hat and the scraggly beard and just seems super intense. Like he looked like, uh, yeah, he looked like Russell Crowe after like, like a bloated crow. <laughs> so he looked like Russell Crowe. <laughs> he looked like Russell Crowe. <laughs> um, let's see. But yeah, but that that's where it's something like they're pouring concrete because he's let off at a construction site, right? And they're like, no, that's pouring a separate. Concrete. That's a separate construction oh, okay. site that's in nigeria that uh the armenian guy um 
man there's so many gangs uh is it jevin kings of london uh i don't think it's jevin who's the armenian guy or jevin's one of the armenian guys but there's also uh, no that's the nigerian guy that's with him i'm not gonna find it uh whatever there's a lot of people evan keep this in uh and um yeah, so that's going on in, like, the Armenian subplot. He's making deals with the Nigerians, and they're like, the Wallaces are going to fall. We can build something bigger than they could ever imagine. Mm. Um, but the construction site that Elliot drops Cole off at is the one where Cole later takes yeah. the kids and the uh, mom. And then... Elliot goes on a date with Hannah, uh, basically. Well, first, he's trying to be an Yeah, she's cop. just like, oh, please, let's pick up the rug and I'll show you, like, a, it's a little flat that leads, like, I want to show you my work, okay? Yeah. Do you like Florence and the Machine? Is that who was playing? I don't know Florence and no, the Machine, sorry. I, I wish. Don't... Yeah. Uh, but I love how... He's so fucking bad at his job that he goes into this room and starts taking pictures of, like, these ledgers of Ed's. And then there's just, like, a kid in the room playing fucking yeah. Mario Kart. <laughs> like, <laughs> have some, awa- like, spatial he awareness. From, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he went from shitting himself to, like, okay, I'm going to kind of roll with this. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of adorable, too. Yeah. So he bonds with the kid, goes on the date. Uh, well, but then it's, it doesn't uh, Ed see him at the house too, and there's like an exchange, like yeah, he sees them both before and after. Uh, and it's kind of like a Ed's definitely an intense protective dad type, but it's not really a date. But there's a lot of romantic chemistry, so maybe it is. I don't know, but then. Uh, Elliot, they're like making out and she's got her shirt off, but then Elliot says that he's married, which, as we learned last week, um, half true. Yeah, like maybe it seems like he's still not quite over the death of his wife, so don't know exactly what's going on, but something's up. So maybe he's still grieving, maybe he's just like Mm -hmm. not wanting to sleep with a suspect. It's it's complicated. You know what's really interesting though is uh we forgot to talk about it earlier, but uh Sean is seen briefly earlier on and he almost looked like zombieish, like his face was just stark white, like mm-hmm. he looked like porcelain. His eyes looked, looked like shit like, like undead. Yeah. And it was just he was looking down uh from this it was a huge like glass uh exterior like lot you know, like apartment mm-hmm. or, or office or something, and he's like looking down on all this construction and buildings and steel and concrete. And then there was this scene where they were like making out hard, like he shoves he like picks her up and shoves her like Against sexy style and yep. into the window. And I was like, I would have shit myself. If someone like pushed me up against yeah, a window dude. in like a high rise. Mm-hmm. It would have totally, uh, it would have marshed my mellow like yeah. hard anyway. So it was, it was just interesting because it was almost like you viewed the city in a different way. I, I don't know. It was like a really interesting feeling of like warmth in a show where there's a lot of like, 
kind of shittiness or you're you're judging what characters motives are and things but it mm-hmm. felt like a natural like just interesting connection that was like a safe space for lack of a better term yeah it's, um, it's like the human connection and it was interesting yeah yeah um but then it was like he said like oh the i'm married and then she's just like oh then take me home yep and it ends pretty awkward uh and Ed is kind of like his only big thing before he hooks up with Elliot for most of the second half of this episode is he uh, he opens the envelope from last week and it's like a bunch of people who were shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Like we don't really know anything more about that, including like the last one we see is a kid who was shot and killed. Which, which I was wrong. I assumed that he was a pedo. Like, I thought he was, like, a pedophile that uh, was well, outed to Ed, so I was completely wrong. Maybe I'm he's a pedo-necro. Maybe. Um, yeah. Oh, that's true. Hey. Hey, you know. So Ed meets up with Elliot, and he's like, my daughter looked upset last night. And Elliot's like, not because of me. Um and takes him to an empty grave <laughs> so yeah. like that's why elliot's just like fuck no that wasn't me yeah and then it's like put lolly in this she's got to pay for ripping off asif and then they go to the fucking market and everybody's gone and there's just a couple dead dudes in the warehouse and elliot's like well he did say something about a coal guy uh and then ed freaks out and goes to like their corporate headquarters and talks to Alex, his son. And is like fucking Cole. And like Sean, yeah, like they fine. see the security footage, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, like they, they see that and they're like, Oh shit. Russell Crowe. You seen gladiator. Yeah. Basically then we have like all the stuff with Lale and then Elliot comes in to try to save the girls. Cause well, that's kind of an interesting facet too, Paco. Like, uh, Cole is hired by Sean, unbeknownst to Ed. Mm-hmm. And when he finds out, and all of these other people, his confidants find out, they're like, holy shit, Cole is like, Sean went off the deep end. Like, this was a huge mistake. This is a huge liability. Cole, like, has a sh- just shitty, everything about him is like kind of a dark cloud. So you're, you kind of know right off the bat that, Oh, this is going to blow up spectacularly, which it does. And hence that's why, yeah. Uh, he goes searching for the girls at the, uh, construction site. Yeah. And, uh, what did you think about the construction worker hanging out, watching Shauna the dead on the clock? Uh, or not the construction worker, the security guard. I I love Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Edgar writes, Shaun of the Dead is like one of the rare, like perfect horror comedy movies. It's the quintessential, like perfect combination of make your monsters scary and the threat still there with mm-hmm. the characters that you still love. And like, it's have all these comedic features, like perfect marinade of it, you know, similar with like Evil Dead 2 and things like that. But uh I was kind of confused because I was thinking again, like going back to Sean, he kind of looked like, you know, an, an undead, like a zombie that I Mm -hmm. thought that was kind of like, Oh, maybe that's like a foreshadow of like, they're making you connect the fact that like Sean is not himself or like, 
Sean, you know, is is dead. Like the Sean you knew is not there anymore. It's been replaced with this, mm-hmm. you know, morphed. But I don't know. What what did you think? I thought it was just like a fun little Easter egg, and I was like, "Hey, it's British!" Like I just assume that's all British people have on their TV is like <laughs> one channel is British Bake Off, and the other is Shaun of the Dead. Um, <laughs> is that racist? Question mark. If you can't be racist against the people that invented colonialism, Jason. <laughs> I'm a colonialist apologistist. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so then Elliot uh, comes up and is trying to uh, save the kids and gets into this giant fight with Cole, uh, which one of the things like the fight choreography and everything is great. I'm going to try to avoid diving super deep into that every episode. Uh, you could do frame by frame though, dude. Like I've rewound a bunch with all of these episodes so far for the specifically like the action. Like it's so fast paced that it's, mm-hmm. you like enjoy it like crazy the first time. But when you watch it a couple of times, you realize how artistic and just insane the physicality of everything is. Exactly. But one of the things I love about this specific, like the start mm-hmm. of this fight is uh, Elliot and Cole sort of, switch sides uh and the hallway that's the entrance is in this neon red and then the room with the uh the girls is just sort of more normally lit and elliot's able to get in there and shut the door and lock it but they are shooting back and forth but like through the door and through the walls and so you Mm -hmm. get just these really incredible streaks of red light going into the room and it's just fucking gorgeous action like stallone like Mm -hmm. it just was so cool and stylistic and he created such a cool threatening atmosphere too because cole was kind of a scary character like he's even dragging an axe on the ground towards the children in the shining-esque way like that whole axe he that breaks through the wall. That's scene. totally like a shining. Oh man. Totally. Like that was, that was almost like the raid. Like that's that those moments reminded me of like just the destruction of like location, like mm-hmm. props and things like surroundings and spatial awareness. And the idea of like the threat of it's a, I always just think of Jackie Chan. It's like the idea of looking at an object and then going, okay, how could I hurt someone or how can I defend myself with that object? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, here's an axe. It's like they spent hours looking at this axe going, okay, how can we use the weight of it in the, against the shaft of it to like use the physicality of like it dropping and the weight of it to lean into specific, like, definitely. you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, it ta- it's so well thought out. Like it just, it blew my mind. It fucking owns uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say it real simple. And one so of the good. things I love about this fight is Elliot loses. Cole beats mm-hmm. him, but he's yeah. like, and he's kind of lining him up to like beat his head in with this ax. But he's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you watch uh, me kill the girls in front of you. So like all that pain you're feeling is for nothing. And then I'll kill you. Uh, yeah. And that's when Ed shows up and puts several bullets at him. It just fucking, it, it's great to see like, A, Elliot can lose a fight. Like he's not invincible. And B, like just 
how fucking intense Sean's willing to go. And like, we cut back to Sean with Lale and Lale is like, you can't kill me. Like you don't have the guts. And, and she doesn't know that the collateral is over that, you know, Cole yeah. is dead, that like you're all but, safe. Meanwhile, Sean is saying like, I told him not to kill them. Like I would not kill like innocent children. But yeah. the problem is Sean put a fucking madman in charge wild of card. Yeah. And like, you get a wild card in a room with some kids and like, you don't know what you're getting. Like you're probably getting some child murder. Yeah. Spilled deck of cards. Yeah. But then I think arguably the most brutal scene in the show comes here where it turns out after making Lale choose to try to send the money to the people who need it over her own family, Sean has pulled the money off the plane anyway and burns it in front of her. So at this point she doesn't know if she has a family and like all these sacrifices are for nothing. Uh, it is so fucking brutal. It's, it's beautifully shot too. Like they really focus on it for a little bit and it, it's just, it really is striking when you see like how many kind of cheaper looking television shows there are where there's not like a, a dynamic that is like personal or like a touch that like was thought out. Mm-hmm. It really is refreshing. You know, like this was such a beautiful scene that was like just fucking Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And he basically says, like, you're the only person I know couldn't have killed my dad. I didn't quite understand why he thought that. But he's like, don't steal or kill from Asif anymore unless I tell you. Uh, And he also says something like, you can be bigger than Asif. We'll send more money back than you can imagine. And basically proposes this alliance with Lale. Am I forgetting anything? I feel like it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger that I'm just totally spacing on. I'm spacing uh, on it too. Like, I think that, uh, yeah, like, and I think our uh, wires were crossed where the ending of the episode was Ed shooting Cole in the jugular and saving mm. them. And I think it ended on that high note of like, oh shit. And then it, it cutting back to uh, the everything burning and Lale like looking at everything and then it going to black that that's but it's but it also just shows too that it's like sean is carving out his own path at this point that is way detached from where he was even in the last episode that he's going further into his he's again Mm -hmm. he's carving out like he's not relying on his advisors he's going for this person cole who turned out to be like a complete psychopath you know like he's not crazy risks yeah, and he's not thinking things out in the long run. Like, it's showing his inexperience and that he's being led by, you know, the, he's he kind of had a taste for this absolute power mm-hmm. and didn't learn uh, about uh, strategy or, like, long-term consequences from these relationships that, like, you can't kind of do something big and drastic here and then think that this will balance things out because it's going to like shift something completely uh, big in the other direction. Like it was just kind of like mm-hmm. a, uh, a big, I think this is even a huge, a, a larger turning point of where he's headed with like his bruteness. Like he's not really listening to reason. He's, he's listening to, I think his mom is enabling him. 
and I think that she's kind of attracted to like that power and I mean well, and I think they're both united in wanting to get revenge like they're both the angry yeah. the bunch um it's also interesting I think it's setting up Elliot to kind of be working for Ed against Sean like mm-hmm. Sean is so out of control and I'm definitely like that seems to be more where Elliot's loyalties are lying at this point, even though Sean's his target. So we know he's going to be trying to get close to Sean. Mm-hmm. So I think that the conflict that's coming up between those two is going to put Elliot in a really interesting spot. Uh, and I'm curious to see what that does. And for me, Lala steals the show. Like, Totally. She's the character this was her episode. I'm most invested in. Like, she, I feel like she's got good reasons to do the things she's doing. And, yeah. like, she wears those hard decisions on her sleeves. Like, I am all aboard the Lala train. And, like, she's being underestimated the whole episode by all of these other people. And mm-hmm. it is just, like... Even at the end where Sean thinks that maybe he won something like a battle or whatever, like he proved a point or whatever, mm-hmm. her spirit wasn't broken. It was almost like that was that fueled like this is going to fuel and build the momentum of what she's going to do. Like it builds her to like a super fascinating, uh, you know, uh, foundation for something fun. Yeah. You know, like it's it, it, it's just so cool to have a bunch of different character threads Mm-hmm. where you give a shit about like not only all these characters, but you understand in a clear way what their motivations are, or at least what you think they are. And like, they're all kind of justified in their own way. Like totally. There's no one you hate because they're just like the bad guy. Everyone's doing what they're doing for a reason to consistently pace. That is fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, it, it's really impressive. Yeah, uh, so join us next week on Counter Programmers as we talk episode five. Peace. Toodles. Live long and poop. <laughs> That'd be awesome to have that. And then, like, literally, the episode would have to play out for like five minutes before you say poop. <laughs> yeah.